Walker is an emotional and primitive man. Do you remember when we met? Suddenly, we were together. Lee Marvin is Walker, the hunter and the hunted. You would meet Walker. He makes my flesh crawl. <laughs> what do you really want? Well, I really want my money. I want my 93 grand. I want my money. Even deserted Alcatraz Island is not immune to Walker's vengeance. After Friends, Walker, played by Lee Marvin, and Reese, played by John Vernon, intercept a drop-off at Alcatraz. Reese betrays Walker, taking all the money and wife, Lynn, leaving Walker locked up and abandoned on the island of Alcatraz. Flash forward to a year later to find the lead protagonist, Walker, alive after having escaped from Alcatraz, with only one motivation, to get back what is rightfully his, the stolen money. So, Rick... Do you think it deserves its cult status? Yes, for many reasons. Why? Well, <laughs> first of all, it, 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 they remade the movie. It was called Payback, which wasn't that great with Mel Gibson. That's not a surprise. But uh, for many reasons. I mean, it also influenced Steven Sonnenberg to make The Limey. I mean, Steven Sonnenberg made The Limey pretty much because of Point Blank. I mean, he pretty much ripped the blueprint from this movie and turned it into his own film, which is why if you ever watched a movie, please listen to the audio commentary, which I hardly do, but Sonnenberg does the commentary with Borman, and it's amazing. So if you rent the movie, listen to the commentary. It stands above the average revenge film, and it's, it's uh, done realistically. It's brutal. And uh, Lee Marvin is fantastic. He does this fantastic performance as Walker, a one-man wrecking crew. You know, Simon, you're going to hate me for saying this, but he sort of reminds me of an actor like Liam Neeson, who, when even put in a bad movie like Taken, sorry, Tim, (laughs) even in a movie like Taken, I enjoyed watching Taken from start to finish because of Liam Neeson. And And Lee Marvin is just amazing. And he had just won his Oscar right before doing Point Blank. And they actually gave him... Um, full say, full script approval, and final cut on the film. And he's such a great man. He's such a great actor that he gave away this privilege to director John Borman. And John Borman, therefore, had final cut and final say on the film. Also, you got to credit John Borman, who I'm not so crazy about as director. But one thing that's great about this movie is his direction. And he, before, that, before this film, he had only done TV. And I actually think it's his best film. So there's so many good things about this film. But... Uh, I guess the two things that really stick out for me is its direction and Lee Marvin, who's not a typical hero. You know, he's not like the pretty boy Tom Cruise. He's not like all cut up and ripped. He uh, he's just you know he but he's this tough guy. Like he was in great films. He was like he was in The Killers, and he has this great screen presence. And I mean, the whole film is bas- basically it's a revenge film. He just goes throughout the film killing one man after another after another until he hopefully gets back his $93,000 that gets stolen. Uh, there's a, a, two things I want to mention. First, uh, you brought up Taken again, and I just want to mention again that Taken is a bad film. It's uh, not that bad. It, it's pretty bad. Uh, two, um, the, I, I went into this film, film with uh, roughly no expectations and discovered the best film we've talked about in weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not counting the Pixar films. Uh, this is a great film. 
you use the word realistic, which is not a word that would ever come to mind when I think about this film. Uh, the, the the reason that that I uh, like it is principally because it's not at all realistic. It, it feels it dreamlike or hallucinatory a lot of the time. Uh, especially there's that fight sequence in a in, at the uh, what's what's the bar called? I forget the name of the bar. It's kind of the piano bar, whatever the hell they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just uh, in it, and they they've got this visual art going on in the background, and it's it's a it's a very strange effect, and it's very disorienting, and uh, that. Uh, sequences like that as well as the editing which take you back to previous moments in the film which is definitely something that Soderbergh hugely swiped for the limey Mm -hmm. uh, was the editing style in this film what what, what I mean by realistic is in terms of its action and its violence yeah yeah it's definitely very low key right because the the film is actually open to a number of supernatural readings Uh, some people go so far as to say that it's all a dream sequence it's like this pitch fever like dream Mm -hmm. and it's what he dreams right after he gets shot at the beginning of the movie in Alcatraz. We also forgot to mention that this film is the first, the first film that was actually shot on location in Alcatraz. After it closed, yeah. After it closed, Only right. three years after it closed, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, it, no, then they, they make great use of the setting at the, at the beginning and end of the film. Uh, and the, the movie just has this this nonstop intensity, and it, it never lets up. And that's obviously uh, due, due credit to Lee Marvin there for mm-hmm. just a, this this low this constant low boil. Uh, you, you you never doubt uh, for a moment that he's in utter control of, of the of the of the film. Yeah. Um, obviously, also give credit to him for uh, he, he obviously knew what he was doing in terms of his creative decisions, choosing Borman, who does a spectacular job. Oh, uh, this is such a great job. Uh, movie. D- just. Uh, knocks it out of the park. Uh, I mean, this is also the guy who, who would end up doing Deliverance. Mind you, he would also end up doing Zardoz. So, right. But th- this movie is also very sexually charged. Oh, yes. You know, and not just in terms of his relationship with the women, but it's like he actually gets off on the violence, like Lee Marvin's character. But I really, honestly, I look at it as a deathbed fever dream. Like, I'm not really sure if this is actually happening. I think it's all in his head. And there's lots of hints that run throughout the film that talk about this. And I think the key moment is in one sequence when he there's there's some fantastic editing in this film too, right? But there's this one key sequence when they're on the boat and the tour guide mm-hmm. is talking about how impossible it is to escape from Alcatraz. And they, they cut back and forth between the uh, moments right before he gets shot and up until when he gets shot. And there's this one key line where someone just says, lie down would you just lie down so it's kind of it kind of feels like you know maybe he did survive or maybe he didn't survive but this was the sequence that the, the, that followed right after he got shot right it, it definitely makes you question it and i i agree with both of you guys and i think that audiences or our listeners are going to be pretty disappointed because there's not going to be too many arguments about this film review but um the you know the sequence in the bar i felt like it was very andy warhol-ish mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed that and for me lee marvin is more of a harrison ford type character in this movie right um i i love the way walker was portrayed he is a highly realistic character and even the way he he acts is it, it's amazing. Um, he is motivated. He's motivated for one thing and he's determined he needs to take care of that. Uh, he's typically, he's very different than other, you know, bad guys portrayed in film. And it doesn't stop at all. Like he's always in a serious role. He never becomes humorous at any point. He stays completely like, I want to say stays in character. Oh, completely from start to finish. And also another thing is you mentioned Rick in the first, uh, Pelham, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there is no love. There's no love story. There's no romance. And this, there is an element of love, but 
it, it doesn't matter and it's not it doesn't overtake it and doesn't ruin the film you know mm-hmm. there's a part where he first comes into his wife's house and he grabs her and pushes her away and when he shoots the bed you almost feel like is he doing that for you know is that an emotional feeling of love coming back to him is he really just trying to find his friend but truly he's just dark and he's an angry person and the way he you know he he gives that off is just, it's really refreshing. And mm-hmm. you don't see that in typical criminal or heist films nowadays. It's just, it's not there anymore. Well, what's, what's really interesting is that he's allowed to be a totally single minded character and, the, and they go with it. And normally films don't get to get away with that because either the, the performers aren't uh, interesting enough to, to make that work or the directorial style isn't, uh, isn't diverse enough to make that interesting. And here you have both of those things, which, uh, is an, it was, which is exceedingly rare. And from what I remember of the remake, they, they really turned uh, the paybacker into this uh, sly, wisecracking dude. Yeah, uh, completely different tone the uh, film which, has. Uh, which I, I don't, honestly don't remember if the film's any good or not, but it definitely was not anywhere near this good. No, no way. And I love the way this film combines. It combines film noir and the European new wave. And how could you go wrong by combining those two things together? But what's interesting about it is that even though it has elements of film noir, there's hardly any dialogue spoken by Lee Marvin's character in the film. That's true. Which And, and still yet, he you know, delivers this fantastic tour de force performance. And I love the setting. I mean, it's set in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which usually turns me off. But I love the gritty Los Angeles. Right. But I also love the sun drenched uh, scenery. But he makes great use of shooting locations. Every single place that he chose to shoot, I was like fascinated with the set, like the beautiful condos, the penthouses, Mm -hmm. the factory at the end that's overlooking Alcatraz. Like, Mm -hmm. great, great props. Shout out due to whoever to cast the, the shooting location. Location manager. Yeah, it was. Well, you could tell that they framed everything perfectly to the T. Even the transitions, it worked. Like the, cin- the cinematographer, Philip Lathrop, mm-hmm. I believe his name is, um, and the editing, too. They combined something really great together, especially the use of odd camera angles or, you know, again, it was perfectly framed. And it made L.A., the gritty see- like the gritty parts of L.A., just so much, like, so stylized. Mm-hmm. Not the standard Hollywood that you see. So, again, it was very and, refreshing. You know, there's there's two things I always complain about voiceover and flashbacks and even <laughs> montages and oh, for no. a movie to throw all of that in and for me to still love it it's a good movie because the film mm. is com- is completely f- full of flashbacks and montages and just not really voiceover but you do hear it's, the, it's there. the dialogue over other scenes yeah. like it overlaps no, there are, there are stylistic devices up the wazoo but mm-hmm. they're they're so effectively utilized that, right. you, that you don't care yeah the editing is fantastic it's funny because you would think that it would be such a busy film like the remake of Pelham 123 it was too much it was such an eyesore but in this it's amazing the it's so well done especially the sequence where he is originally on the boat and then they say oh he's with your wife now mm-hmm. and you know it's the montage of him giving getting to his his ex-wife's house and then even I don't know is it a clock ticking in the background everything within that sequence worked perfectly you know regarding the look of the film you were talking about the cinematographer it is the film that inspired Roman Polanski's Chinatown Ah. the look of Chinatown Los Angeles was inspired from what they did with Point Blank this film has inspired many movies like so many filmmakers so many directors it is really good guys you should totally check it out it also spawned a a Japanese remake Uh, I forget what uh, what that was called yeah um, it's from 1992 I forget the name but uh, yeah 
There's this great sequence in a movie, and it sounds so simple, but it's so effective, where Lee Marvin is walking down a hallway, and you hear the echo of his footsteps, Mm -hmm. and it intercuts with the lead actress just putting on her makeup and getting ready right before he breaks into her apartment. I don't know if you guys remember the scene. I think With I did. his it's, wife it's or the so sister? beautiful. The ex-wife? The ex-wife. Okay, It's yeah. so beautiful. Just a, a simple yeah, little sequence like that. Yeah, that's part of that montage. With yeah. like the, I don't know if it's a clock or something. I don't know what that is in the background, but it works mm-hmm. perfectly. Um, I also, I guess, probably one of the last things I want to say about this. Again, going back to his character, how like cut cutty is cutthroat he's very dry and to the point and there's no beating around the bush at all and even when he uses i believe it's the sister mm-hmm. of his wife and then his the sister goes up to the apartment you know she helps him get to reese and then when she's done it's that's it it's over no look in the eye it's so harsh but it works so well mm-hmm. so. and we're running out of time but i want to know what simon thinks about the ending of this film in the third act oh this this film has such a nice uh slightly uh slightly ambiguous actually fairly uh very strong very ambiguous ending uh which is definitely in tone with the kind of almost supernatural bent of the film Mm -hmm. uh perfect perfect ending and uh i i I just want to point out the fact that this movie has technically almost nothing in common with the other movies we talked about today but we just wanted to review it we just wanted to so good i'm I'm really happy that we chose to talk about it because i'm i'm happy to have something to enthusiastically Mm -hmm. recommend people go check out i saw this movie like maybe six seven years ago and i remember like liking it but i didn't like it as much as i do now like watching it for the second time i was like wow what a movie however we didn't do the remake no Whoa. that's Is all it right worth it no <laughs> well no i mean i, I would love to re- review the remake but just we just didn't have time yeah i mean Plus, we're already out of time so there you go thank you for listening i said nobody was to go up there you could have done without a girl for one night mal told us to let her through oh did he is that what I'm supposed to tell our friends downtown? You know what this is going to cost me to cover up? The girl was Walker's sister-in-law. We didn't know that. You didn't know that. Well, he did. How the hell did he know? She was the Trojan horse. What'd you say? I said, she was the Trojan horse. Trojan horse. You're a smart boy, Stegman. <laughs>
I outline to you in your office, we would be very happy to have the chance of handling your new 12-inch long playing records, and I would like to see you again in your office early next week.